That's interesting. I don't think of uh, Indian food as featuring cheese much, but I guess they have some cheese, yeah? Yeah, a little bit. It's, it's not like cheesy bread. It's not like peeling apart stuff, but it's... Well, which is a shame. Uh, your chanel is cheesy non. I was going to say, I might have just stumbled upon something genius. <laughs> but it's actually made us all rich, so excited for the Wheel Route podcast, cheesy non. Uh, exactly. In conjunction so with Chanel's pizza. You can buy it at the merch store. It's just non, and we put four kinds of cheese on top of it and sell it. Cheddar. We, uh, ship it, we ship it frozen with dry ice. <laughs> Nothing could go wrong. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends. We talk about college football, lifestyle, things of that nature. Uh, you can find the Wheel Route at www.thewheelroute.com. We're at the Wheel Route on Twitter. We have an email address, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. That is R O U T E route. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, some version of whatever the Google thing is now. Stitcher. We have an Instagram as well, Wheel Route Podcast. Uh, my name's Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Logo on the Dawn, coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida, where uh, we had the rare surprise tropical storm sort of pass through. Uh, didn't really get a whole lot of pub, but uh, she's spinning in the Gulf right now, and I think going to turn into a hurricane um, and head right towards poor New Orleans again. So T's and P's up to the uh, Gulf Coast. That sucks to see another one so soon after their their most recent one but uh yeah that was interesting it was just a little breezy and, and rainy here this weekend so good opportunity to sit inside and watch football from a personal standpoint uh who else is here my name is jordan shank i am in harrisonburg virginia where i think we were supposed to get thunderstorms today maybe they're coming later i don't know but haven't shown up yet uh i'm on twitter.com not the future weather jordan well you know i it's a it's a episode by episode situation i like to shake <laughs> things up a bit um, That's i'm on i'm on twitter.com at shank jordan and uh football obviously back i heard al michaels reference just some absolute studs on the front line uh, in his Sunday night football monologue and or like introduction of one of the defenses tonight. So I think that makes it officially fall whenever Al Michaels first brings up studs. We're back. I mean, Absolute studs. Without, uh, without Vern in our lives, I feel like that is the next best thing. Yeah, he's, he's up there in terms of kind of the yeah. the diet verns in our life do we get surprised yeah. do we get Vern for the masters in a couple weeks or in a month or two months or whatever I'll, like I'll check on that but i think very he, much his like retirement right? yeah he's been he's been on the call still so yeah <clears throat> yeah um Who's i that? am uh my name is jason crick i <laughs> am also in harrisonburg um i tweet things at jason crick on twitter uh, and yeah, it was, uh, it was a nice day in there where I got out and about a little bit. Um, you're right about that, Jordan. I agree. <laughs> I have no idea about the thunderstorms. Couldn't tell you. Don't check the weather report. I, I don't believe in, uh, science of weather reports. I believe in what's in my gut and what I feel like the weather is going to be. What you feel in your bones. 
You're more of a post. Exactly. You're more of a just assess the day and then give a recap kind of guy. Not really a. Uh, Correct. Uh, right. That's yeah. I roll. I roll punches and bring the news to other people. Mm. Facts only, not conjecture. Science is whatever we want it to be. Conjecture. <laughs> oh, classic. All right, no Emily tonight. Uh, shout out to her. But uh, she did, she did not want to talk about week uh, zero slash one of college football as it turns out. So that's cool. <clears throat> I do hear that's her prerogative. Clanging and banging in the kitchen though. She had the tape measure out, so things are getting pretty serious in the kitchen. Lord knows what that's <laughs> going to lead to. So, um, what are you guys drinking? Did she have a plan? Is she measuring something specific? Or she I, just... think we're, I think we're. I think we're developing the plan. I think in order to develop the plan, we are measuring the distances. I don't know your battlefield before you start drawing up attacks. Uh, quote, direct quote from Dan Mullen right there. Right. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. What are we drinking? I have a Modelo in a can. Oh, yes. And I've done the little like squirt of lime juice on the top and some sprinkles of the tagine seasoning. Oh, how do you like that? I like it. Well, it's a nice. Not. It's a nice change of pace. Um, I do. I guess the only gripe I have with it is like, it's very much a gimmicky, like only lasts for the first couple sips type mm. deal. And then once your seasoning and, and lime juice is kind of yeah. spent, then you're just drinking Watch a Modelo, which is fine. But right. uh, it's not necessarily your like lasting uh, twist of. So you're not like uh, you're, you're. Are you ready to to step up your game and go to the full the full michelada? I I mean I'm sure I will at some point because I think that gets what you're that gets closer to what you're going for, which is the lasting flavor profile throughout. Just yeah. you gotta you gotta endure some tomato juice. Yeah, well, which I'm fine. Like I I love a good Bloody Mary. Um, I've also okay. seen some guys do this, but they'll also like in addition to the lime and the seasoning, they'll also do some hot sauce in yeah. the beer and a little bit of Worcestershire ah. as well. And yeah. that gives kind of the Michelada profile without the necessarily just like red juice. Yeah. That seems like that would be mega salty, but I I'm, I'm down to try. It helps you stay hydrated. That, <laughs> yes, you know. You're right. That's true. Um, yeah. I think uh, that company Spiceology has their own like bloody Mary mix. That's like a, it's like a seasoning. Their Bloody Mary season. There's a good chance that they have it in stock. What? So if something exists in the spice seasoning realm, there's a good yeah. chance they have their version. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is not an ad, but they're they're they got really good stuff. And um, yeah, I saw them make a, a like a michelada with it. It was just like a, the seasoning and uh, like a Corona. It's like, oh well, look at that. Some lime. Maybe one day. All right, cool. Crack. Let's let's hear it. Uh, I planned uh, poorly and didn't make it to the oh. grocery store, and thus I have my last Vienna lager. Okay, last there one. Last one is a three-day warning. We're going to pot again in three days, so I'm going to need you okay. to make it to the grocery store and get at least well, eight beers. Frankly, the, the pantry's a little bare at this point, too, so I probably need to go to the grocery store. Anyway. Okay. Good to hear. Um, I am working with a – actually, uh, Jason, maybe you'll appreciate this. I feel like a real Austin barbecue bro. I just drank a Topo Chico and tequila before this with my dinner. Yeah. I, uh, I am now drinking, uh, this is the Lagunitas Hazy Wonder. It's their hazy uh, IPA, I think. It's yeah. their hazy boy. With uh, Sabro, Citra, Cashmere, and Comet Hops. Ooh. 
Sabro probably. Anyhow, it's pretty good. I had a couple of them earlier this weekend. Um, I'm on a pretty large hazy beer kick, as indicated previously, but uh, this one probably isn't my favorite one. That's pretty good. I usually like Lagunitas beer, though. Yeah, they're, they're beers. I feel like they're never out-of-the-park home runs, but they're always very consistently good. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. a good uh, hip-for-average beer company. The Lagunitas Straight IPA, I think, is is a, is a really good IPA. In the, in the pantheon of just original IPAs, mm-hmm. I put that it's, one up it's there. It's very solid. Um, I've been there. Good spot. Petaluma, California. Beautiful, beautiful spot. Howdy. Yeah. So, how was Very, the uh, how was the Topo tequila combo? Great. I actually have been drinking more just like tequila and soda and trying different tequilas recently. It's kind of been just a little quest that I've been on. Um, this is good. It was like the Espolón uh, um, Reposado, like the darker one. Okay. It wasn't the one in aged in the bourbon barrels. That one is really good, but I couldn't find it at the Walmart liquor store. So I had to do it with the next best thing, but the, the Topo, I love Topo Chico. I don't know if it's just because I'm, you know, it's cool, but it's also delicious and a good deal at the. Uh, it was the twist of lime Topo, Topo Chico as well. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. So there is a grocery store. I don't know if I've talked about it on the pod. There's an IGA grocery store. Okay, in 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 Indian Town, Florida, where is the small town where I used to do some work on the reg. And, uh, I mean, you walk into that place and you would not think you were in a United States grocery store. It is very Latin, um, Caribbean, mostly Latin themed, um, <clears throat> in matching the, uh, demographics out there, a lot of farm work and, and such, but, uh, they have like a really good hot food case, a lot of like cool Caribbean, like delicious food, but you could get like a 32 ounce Topo Chico for like a dollar 29 out there. It was insane. So that was my move for a while. Go out there, just drink some bubbly water. Yeah. Anyhow, so there's a plug. Another plug, not sponsored. Not yet. What are we doing? Uh, uh, remind me, Lagunitas has uh, they do the little something something, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Good beer. The uh, the twelfth of never, I think, is another one they do. Okay. I had that one on a plane a couple times. Nice little wow. airplane beer. Not, not to break. <laughs> not to break. Beer coops. I got. Yeah. I got. I got, I got beer tickets. tickets every once in a while. Uh, classic um yeah i think that's i think that's all i had to say about that oh yeah for christmas last year connor gave me 48 uh lagunitas little something somethings so he had had extra run 48 more than he gave jason or i (laughs) we had a jenny exchange in the water street parking deck uh he was like hey this is your christmas present i was like god what is this it's so heavy it was was just 48 canned beers no bottles bottles (laughs) no it's been uh he's always been a romantic at heart he knows Well, we love we love them. Shout out, C Dubs. Uh, okay, you get like what five dollars if you recycle all of those bottles? Yeah, there you go. Probably. I I usually just get like the satisfaction of knowing that I recycled from recycling, but well, Dad would be or... disappointed in you. Look, actually, I've heard I've heard we're having some problems with glass recently. Huh. I think. Uh, Tensions with China have reduced our recycling efforts, which evidently recycling in the U.S. was just shipping all of our uh, trash to China, in case. You're right. <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, so evidently glass not going so well. 
not doing so good in the words of Nate Bargatze. So, <laughs> all right, let's move on. We got some sports. You guys, uh, we had finally we had like a, an actual day of college football. It was weird. Um, Super weird. A little somber, a little strange. It was interesting to see what very mildly uncomfortable. The classic yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, classic college football. It was weird to see like the varying levels of uh, fans' uh, presence. Attempts at safety. Yeah, attempts <laughs> at safety. Uh, yes, um, all of that. So, yeah, I mean, did you guys have any takeaways from the day? I mean, they had um, uh, game day. They had game day, which was the, they really got up for the Wake Forest Clemson game. Huge game. Um, Chris Paul, I don't think understood that he was like actually should have been picking games to try to do well. Um, but you know, I appreciate the effort. What did you, what did you guys think? Anything, any takeaways? Jason, why don't you go first? Um, you didn't want to talk about the NFL first? Oh, if you want to. We well, had, uh, we just. We- we had one specific topic just before the podcast that we said we were going to revisit. Oh, this is right. This is right. Okay. All right. So, Scratch, T.O., T.O. We had NFL today. Again, same thing. Jacksonville is the yeah. only team that had fans, right? Because they're the only team in Florida that played. I believe that's correct. How do they not have fans in, at, in Texas? Well, I mean, I, and I'm, uh, not asking, like, I'm not pro fans. I'm just saying, like, of all the yeah. places you think that would just be it would make sense. strange. Yeah. 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 I mean, the Cowboys are on right now. I haven't been able to. I don't think there's any fans in the building. But well, they're playing at they're playing in LA, so that's probably why there's no Texas fans in the building. Yeah, it's probably a good. God start. knows there wouldn't be any Rams fans there. Hey, <laughs> see what I did? Uh, yeah. So the Rams have new new jerseys, slightly reimagined jerseys, new colors, same jerseys. Yeah. I don't really know what's going on there. New logo. What do we think? Personally, a little. A little bright for me, and I, I usually like a nice aggressive color scheme. So yeah, that's I think that's my thing is that I don't have a huge problem with it. Um, no. They don't appear popular on the on the Twitters, but uh, I think I'm just like very much team uh, try. And if <laughs> you know, sometimes it's not gonna work, and I don't think these work completely. But I'd rather them try to do stuff than. I, I just think they could have gone with a better yellow. You could talk me into that, Jordan. Yeah, I so I think when they first came out, I don't like the logo itself very much. I was skeptical on the uniforms. Uh I think the uniforms look a lot better when you're kind of very much focused on a player on the screen, but when it's the mm-hmm. overhead of like the entire line of scrimmage and you're not as close in on them, they don't look very good. If that makes sense. So I think a lot of uniforms in the NFL and most leagues, they look fine from far away. I think yeah. the Rams uniforms are unique in that they look good close up, but not so great from further away. But maybe it just will take some growing on me. What would you What would you liken that to? Like, um, like the Bengals? Uh, the Bengals or maybe I think even the Bengals, like helmets maybe are even really the cool. Colts. Okay, interesting. But the, again, I don't like the Rams kind of logo in general. Whereas, sure. like the Colts is classic. So yeah, it's kind I mean, of unprecedented. Yeah. We're in did, unprecedented times here. Did, 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 this is the new normal. Did the Rams and Chargers like basically come up with the same color scheme? 
<laughs> probably. They probably hired the same consulting slash design firm. Yeah. Say some firm out Which, there. Which, uh, because one of those teams said they took inspiration from like their players' pregame outfits. What? what? In incorporating the like bone cream color. They're like, we noticed a lot of our guys seem to be wearing this or favoring this color in in the pregame hallway like that was literally their like the players are gonna love this that seems ridiculous it but... seems very misguided yeah yeah huh so, but someone right, well, yeah. someone collected a lot of money to put that mission statement slash interpretation together so good yep. for them yeah i know that's right um yeah so anyhow nfl was today uh I think I'm coming around a little bit on the NFL. I was kind of out for a little bit, and it seems like it's been a little bit more enjoyable to watch the last couple of seasons. I think I might be back. I think I might be fully back in on NFL. I just well, like the fact that I can just leave it on and just sort of passively watch football. Let it wash over you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I also think it helps that, like, after pissing and moaning and groaning, drawing lines in the sand and saying, NFL plays real football, most of the NFL runs spread offenses now. So, yes. like, it's just way yeah. more. There were some rule changes, too, that helped, I think, facilitate that with, yeah. like, some of the DBs and, and the, the way the quarterbacks are protected and stuff. But, like, that's more fun. That's just that's just more fun in general. So, yeah. yeah. Well, because it lends, for us especially, it lends to more of uh, – there's a higher chance that the guys we love watching in college because they put up ridiculous numbers – it right. gives them a better chance to stick yeah. and do really well in the NFL now rather than just like, oh, he was a fun college guy, but that's where his road ends because right. we line up in the eye formation in this here yeah. NFL. And you never put your hand in the them. dirt. Yeah. You never put your hand in the dirt, boy. Yeah. So the only time <laughs> I kneel is in victory formation. I <laughs> uh, love it. Um, yeah, no, it was it was fun. The uh, I was kind of intrigued to see the Patriots play with Cam Newton at quarterback. He looked pretty good. They looked like a college offense. It was like it was it was yeah. full. You could tell McDaniel's like probably like, yes, finally I can do some things that I've always yeah. had to do. We'll see. Well, also like, they kind of had some like they had some like wishbone concepts on like yeah they got they got weird with it. I mean, yeah. like I think I think Mike Sure tweeted that he was just like. Bill Belichick finally having a team where he can win a game 21-11 in like two hours and 23 minutes uh, <laughs> and rush for like 200 yards has made him happier than any amount of Super Bowl titles ever will. Listen, LeGarrette Blunt has a few things to say about that. There, there, were, there was a couple LeGarrette Blunt games in there that I, they really just rammed it down some teams. Through yeah. um, but that's his everything. That's what he loves. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Cam looked looked pretty fresh before the game too. I don't know if you guys saw the drip. Oh yeah, but, uh, it was only like, there's uh, so few people that could pull that off. He looks like like uh, Colonel Sanders is like uh, estranged cousin from visiting from California. It's just, just, just like, hey guys, like, oh, who is Uncle that? Guy? <laughs> Uncle. Uncle Cam is here. <laughs> but anyhow, all right, cool. Go team. Back to college football. Weird vibes all around. Uh, but we were playing. We were, we rolled the balls out there and we played the games. Uh, Most which, teams are. Yeah, we did. Sure. Uh, I am a little confused, and maybe I haven't done that much research because I'll admit I was kind of trying to like not think about college football in hopes that it would actually happen. 
that was sort of my Same. approach on this. It's why we're basically panic podcasting here. The, after the, the emotional hedge was yes, was <laughs> heavy emotional hedge for us. <laughs> this is why we haven't don't have a, a very well developed preseason plan here. But that all said, or not not a preseason plan. Yeah, we're they, they played. The- there were some football played, but it seems like I guess we had ACC versus ACC games this weekend, and then we had some Big Twelve versus uh, you would call them the bye games, but like the Big 12 played their one allowed out of conference game. And the things things didn't go so well for the Big 12. <laughs> but those games, it was an, it was an out of conference. So Big 12 gets one out of conference game. I think ACC does too, right? Is yeah. that correct? I believe I that's not, correct. I do not there think the SEC conference does. games plus one. I don't think the SEC is playing an out of conference game. Is that SEC correct? is conference only. Yeah, they're going 11 weeks, 10 straight. SEC they're not they're starting for another two or three weeks. Oh, injected into my veins, though. 10, 11 straight weeks of SEC football. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a whole quadrant of the country with constant just... I'm going to be fully torqued. <laughs> yeah, just blood pressure up all across the Southeast. Could you imagine? I mean, that's going to be such a jam-packed like uh, block of... I mean, it, it happens most of the year anyway. Yeah, so. I mean, it's, it's going to be awesome, but we just have to deal with all of you people. <laughs> well, and there's going to be no like breather week where the last oh. non-conference cupcake gets played in yeah. in November. Right. It's just going to be full on. You got to hope Vanderbilt comes late in the season for you. <laughs> Don't we all wish that? All right. So, let's get into a little news and notes here. We'll talk about some games, talk about some general takeaways, and then we are, we have a a very in-depth Big 12 preview planned. <laughs> nah. uh, so, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Having known literal some- literal bits of research have been spent yeah. on this topic. So the play was really sloppy. I there was not a lot of very aesthetically pleasing football outside of Arkansas State, which oh man, beautiful. I, I could watch Arkansas yeah. State play. They're great. Wow, great squad. But uh, yeah, sloppy. Um, Jason, you mentioned that I think uh, kickers were historically bad this week. Yeah, I believe I saw a tweet, and I, I tried to find it for, uh, I mean, at least like 30 or 45 seconds earlier, uh-huh. and Thanks. couldn't find it. <laughs> you got to start liking more tweets, dude. <laughs> That's, I need to like his bookmark more. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was something to the effect of basically FBS kickers hit at like 61% this weekend or something Ooh, like that. Jeez. Which is like the weekend record for the FBS. Well, I, forget, I forget the exact number. Didn't the Athletic do an article maybe just earlier in the week where yeah. it was talking about like, how, how much improved yeah. college kicking is and how forty to forty-five is becoming the new right. thirty to thirty-five wow. yards? That's correct. Unfortunate timing for that take, Let's which was probably print, rooted in print fact. media jinx. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, I haven't seen one of those in a decade or two. But uh, yeah, so I mean, now I personally don't think it necessarily takes away. That's kind of one of the, 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 the gimmicks of college football is sometimes things get a little messy and you know, you're yeah. just in for a in for a bit of Let's a scrum. Get weird. Let's get weird. Yeah, for sure. But there was uh I don't know, it just seemed like I mean, I don't know how much of that Florida State Georgia Tech game you guys watched, but my God, that was bad. That was like like late Jim McElwain era Florida bad, like as far as like unpreparedness of a team. I'm talking about you, Florida State. I invoked Jim McElwain. Talking about the Knolls. <laughs> I would judge um, you for watching that game, but I watched the whole fourth quarter and then watched most of Kansas Coastal Carolina, so no judgment. Oh, I heard Kansas oh, we'll Coastal Carolina got a, little, got a little funky. Oh, yeah. We'll start uh, back. 
Did they, they, uh, well, I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, let's keep moving news and notes here. SEC games start in two weeks. We have confirmed that. Virginia, Virginia Tech has been postponed due to the ominous COVID concerns, I think was the oh, official yeah. reason listed. Um, I saw a lot, I mean, there's a lot of woofing going on about this, which I don't know, seems to be maybe in bad taste. Uh, but at the same time, who knows? It seems weird to be taking a victory lap that like our COVID precautions are better than yours. Like what a lame thing to maybe be yeah, talking trash I mean, about. But, the uh, weird thing is, like, to say nothing of the fact that, like, this is a worldwide pandemic and 200,000 people have died, et cetera, et cetera, sure. um, UVA has, hasn't started in-person classes yet. So, right. Smart. I, 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 I thought they started yeah. Tuesday. Liberty. Okay, yeah, they, they, they pushed to Liberty, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, regardless, <clears throat> it feels early to call the putt. Um, and I hope that UVA, like, is totally fine and everything goes well, but it's... It's one thing to have zero COVID cases when the athletes are the only ones on campus. Pretty much right. everybody's been able to do that. Um, yeah, which speaks to the fact that, that yeah, it's, it's possible. But Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that, that's a self-made bubble. But then it's a whole other thing when 15,000 other 20-year-olds come on campus. And Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see later in the season when you have the teams that have kind of mailed it in a little bit and you got guys that are maybe missing some practices, maybe trying to go out on a Wednesday – uh, <laughs> that are just like, uh oh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, um, unless, uh, unless we got, you know, maybe, maybe we'll be oh, yeah. done with it by then. So, by, by all accounts, what seems to have happened is that Virginia Tech had a big outbreak. Yeah. Couldn't stock a depth chart. Um, Justin Fuente was fairly agitated in his press conference last week. That was kind of the first inkling of something wrong. Um, lost but of Virginia program. Tech is. The only school in the Commonwealth, to my knowledge, besides uh, uh, Lynchburg Community College and Land Scheme, to not release um, COVID yeah, numbers, so nobody yeah. really knows. Um, Virginia Tech says that uh, HIPAA allow prohibits them from releasing numbers, which uh, takes some cojones when every other school in the state is doing it. So, <laughs> yeah, um, but they're also not saying you have like they're not announcing names. Right, no, 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 yeah, you're literally not allowed to announce names. Nobody's I think HIPAA pre- prevents you from announcing names. I, I don't right. think it prevents you yes. from announcing uh, yeah. public health information. 100% accurate, yeah. uh, but here we are. Because uh, public, it's public health information. Public, right. yeah. you know. And Virginia Tech took, uh, took some lumps a few weeks ago. Keyword is public. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Virginia Tech took some lumps a few weeks ago about being behind closed doors and whatnot. Um, so it's, everything's going to be weird. Weird vibes in Blacksburg the past like eighteen months. Not really sure what's going on over there. Uh, listen, Can't disagree with you a bit. Couldn't have happened to a worse group of guys, but yeah, it's tough. Um, Could not I mean, be me. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, it just seems like it's been it's been weird. Fuente seems like he's gone from like stone cold quiet guy to like maybe he might be sort of a guy. Like, it, like I I don't know. Like, just as. I don't know. I'm not a Virginia Tech fan because he's yeah. not trying to protect anything anymore. Right. I, I'm not like a you know. Obviously, I'm not a Virginia Tech fan. I don't mind taking a shot or two at them, but like it's been odd. Um, just kind of like even even the way like sort of the the fans approach the team and approach like I don't know positivity around the program. Like I don't know. It's just been weird. It's everything. It's it's yeah. fans and the media and the coaches and everybody and. Yeah. You know Someday I'll uh, 
some days everybody can buy me a beer and I'll tell you all the stories. Um, okay. Yeah. We'll it, bring it, down the pod. <laughs> Talk about it. We'll, we'll get you nice and lubed up and then we'll, we'll put a voice later. modifier on it. So we won't know it's you. The, uh, yeah. yeah, but so from my perspective, uh, that postponement did not come as a complete shock just because the way the last couple of months have gone, like we've talked about, Virginia tech was not willing to release figures. Uh, Caleb Farley was, uh, very vocal and outspoken when he opted out of this season in saying how concerned he was about the way Virginia tech was or was not handling, uh, safety measures and precautions towards this pandemic early on in the kind of timeline, if you will. Um, so I can't say I'm shocked. Uh, obviously, like, obviously you don't wish this on any program. Um, but it's just so frustrating to see like Virginia tech fans get all worked up about, well, why is NC state backing out of our season or opener because of this? And then backtracking it way fast and flipping the attitude when it's their turn to reschedule stuff. Like I, I get, I get that flexible scheduling is going to be key to make this work. But at the same time, like you have a responsibility to handle your end of the bargain. And it's frustrating from a UVA standpoint where it's like, well, Bronco has, has bent over backwards to be, you know, over precautionary, put all this stuff in place. Um, the kids have made sacrifices we probably will never know about to make the numbers what they are and to see kind of the other party in this case not necessarily do the same has got to be real frustrating, which I think lent itself to some of the chirping on Twitter uh, yeah. we saw. And it's also frustrating to see Virginia tech fans try and say like, well, it's like, it's an institutional problem or like everyone, all, all these schools who are returning at this time are dealing with it, but they were able to send the women's soccer team up to Charlottesville the other night to catch <laughs> right. those hands. Go who's, but those feet. like, well, mostly feet. yeah. So, but again, that tells me it's not a Virginia tech problem. It's a Virginia yeah. tech football pro- problem. So, like, let's just call it what it is and not yeah. try and not try and let our emotions cover for Justin Fuente again. Um, so, yeah, it is. I And part of me, like this, the skeptical football rivalry guy wonders how much of this like cancellation postponement is truly COVID related and how much of it is like we are our program just in general is not football competitive ready and we need more time. <laughs> like, like COVID is convenient excuse. I'm not saying that's what it is, but there's a part of me that's like, well, it's possible for schools again, who are not releasing numbers to be like, well, I don't want to get my handed to me by my rivalry one. And we do have legitimate cases. So I think we are going to take this life raft that we have been offered. Yeah. Wow. Something to think about. 
It is. It's a little. It's a little conspiracy for for my taste, but yeah. I mean, this is college football it, rivalry been... week, Jason. Let's, let me <laughs> week have one. fun. Week one rivalry week. Rivalry uh, week. But yeah. no, I mean, like Colorado State has already demonstrated people are going to do some gross stuff this year. So, right. We're. I don't think we're quite at. I'll believe anything yet, but it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, I don't no, think that's what happened, but who do I, what do I know? I don't know that I'd follow you down that path, Jordan, necessarily, but I do. I mean, I, I think that your your original point is well taken in that, like, yeah, it's unfortunate that it happened. Also, like, the team has a responsibility to like try to prevent it from happening. It's not like they're you're not absolved from all responsibility because like this is a global pandemic and it's a contagious virus, and it's like obviously if not not obviously, but. You would think if their rules are similar to everyone else's rules and they were following them, they would have results similar to everyone else that is playing. Yeah. So it's yeah. clear and that I, like, I don't someone think... is yeah, someone is is not uh following the rules. Yeah, and again, I like I'm not standing here trying to say like, oh, they're not taking Virginia Tech doesn't have anything in place to try and prevent this. No, they clearly do. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they're doing stuff to to protect their players, but I think the results probably confirm some of the reports, like we said, over the last 12, 18 months, that the culture isn't great down there. There, right. there isn't a whole lot of buy-in <clears throat> necessarily from players to coaches down the line. And when that's the case and coaches are asking you to make sacrifices in – in this manner so they don't get sick that they haven't been required to do in the past uh and your kids aren't buying in to your original workload it's hard to imagine they're going to buy into the extra workload would agree and you got to wonder too like i mean if if you want to be hokey fan guy like how how much does you know it would appear that there is a buy-in issue with some of those players on fuente still in what is this going to be your four or five Four, uh, five, four, five, yeah. So, because it's it's Broncos fifth year too, right? Yeah, Broncos been to four bowl games, three bowl games, maybe three. They came. I think they 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 came on at the same time though, right? Same summer. Yeah, Bronco went no bowl, three bowls. So this will be his fifth year. It'll be Fuente's fifth year as well. Yeah. So I mean, in year five, if you're still having trouble, I mean, these are all your kids. And in, in theory, they should have bought in. Like you had a very public dalliance with Baylor in the off season. You were mm-hmm. practically you. There were articles being written that you had accepted the job. You know, I mean, I could see how there's probably some trust some issues. Some trust issues. Some political issues. I mean, this has got to be weird. So. Uh, anyhow, all right, we, we probably talked about that for too long, but uh, when did that game get postponed to for two weeks? Uh, no, I they think it's back it. into the like end of November now. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, cool. The way God they, they have, I don't think they've announced a date yet. Gotcha. But the only date, I, I don't think there's an actually a working date before like December. Yeah, Sick. that's tough that you had to burn your flexible week uh, with your week one opponent too, but whatever. I guess we'll see how it goes. Uh, All right. The Swamp was on fire this weekend. Speaking of things that were making the rounds on Twitter, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it turned out that it was a a tractor, uh, a a service tractor, whatever that means. I saw saw a dumpster fire. And I saw a dumpster fire was the final one I saw. Uh, Scott Strickland, the AD, tweeted that it was a... It was a tractor that, so which maybe Jason, it was like one of those gator things, and it was like in between a golf cart and a tractor. Uh, it was like a, a hybrid, but uh, 
I don't know. So evidently there, there was some smoke. They put it out. Um, a lot of people making jokes. It was funny. Dan Mullen got in on the fun with uh, some pretty awful tweets of his own that were just, you know, just not funny. I mean, he could have done better. I'm just saying. Whoever's running that account, step your game up. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's him. Maybe he's just unleashed his dad power. I get it. <laughs> or give Logan the credentials. Either or. There was a funny one that said like they they gave this one coach the aux cord or something and I was dying. I was like laughing pretty hard about that. So I love a good aux cord reference. You know, one of my one of my go to tropes when it comes to jokes. Uh, all right, let's get into the week. That was sloppy play as discussed. Uh, oh, sorry, we already talked about this. We'll keep moving here. Games. There were games played this week. Uh, Miami got us started off on Thursday. Was it Thursday night or Friday night? Thursday. Sure. I don't know. Um, they beat UAB. It was kind of like a it, – it was on par with most Miami wins that we've witnessed over the past couple of years. Never really put you completely at ease that Miami was in control, but they won the game. They had the better players. Did yeah, you guys watch was, it? Again? This was Derek, an Al Golden classic. Is yeah, De- Derek King played um, – He he's really good. And they won that game because he's really good, but they didn't really like do much to highlight him other than just be like panic scramble. That offensive line is still pretty bad. Um, he did a lot of improvising on his own. They ran the ball down UAB's throat. At, you know, once the you know you look at the final score, I think they ran for like almost 400 yards. So, but uh, yeah, I think that's going to be what Miami is this year. Though they're going to try to run run the piss out of the football. This is Rhett Lashley offense? And uh, shout out my guy. Yeah, we'll see. I was I was kind of hoping for maybe a little more fireworks. I understand maybe you don't want to just let it all hang out week one. Don't want to of... put it all on film against UAB. That or you don't trust your quarterback to throw the ball. One or the other. <laughs> but <laughs> there's there's two sides of that coin. One of those uh, options let those fifty takes off. I'll tell you. I, what. Yeah, true. Uh, King King is really is really good. I think he's mm-hmm. going to be really fun for them. But yeah, I just like I I didn't really think Miami came in with a very cohesive plan. Uh, on offense other than like we're probably going to be able to run the ball effectively so we're just going to do that and um, I would have liked to see some more flashes in the passing game of like maybe some creativity or what what King could do he um, overthrew a couple deep passes um, and yeah but uh, it'll be interesting to see Miami with that kind of quarterback I don't think that we've seen that almost ever yeah I, I think we'll certainly see the offense get more creative as we enter the meat, the, their 10 ACC games now. Uh, who do they have? He's, Let me check who they have next week. I will say also, I mean, and King, he's not a big dude. They have him listed like 5'11", 205, which there is no way. He's 5'11". But he, Bless his he heart. if they're going to rely on him to run as much as they did the other day for and now, now 10 straight weeks of ACC football, I'm going to be hard-pressed to say that he makes it through the season doing what he did the other night. Oh, yeah, so they're at Louisville this coming week, and that's okay. the game day game. Oh, nice. Awaken the echoes. In the slice. <laughs> In the slice. Yeah. Uh, Louisville, I think, should – I saw some Miami fans tweeting, like, they're small, but they're fast, which we found out last year, Jordan. Oh, oh yes, we did. Very, very fast. Very slippery. <laughs> slippery is a raindrop. All right. Sounds like you guys didn't watch the Miami game, so we'll keep moving. Um, Good night. All right. Let's get into the week that was for the Big 12. How, how about we do that? Tough, tough week of games for the Big 12. I don't think um, they would like us to get into the week. Yeah, no. 
We'll start with a kind of boring one. Iowa State went down to Louisiana. Louisiana just looked like the better team in the football game. I yeah. mean, they they kind of bossed Iowa State around. Iowa State's quarterback, Brock Purdy, I believe is his name, getting some NFL buzz, looks like an NFL quarterback, didn't play great in this game, which is a shame. His first touchdown pass was a beauty. But after that, the wheels came off a little bit. Um, it was a hard-fought game, but, yeah, I mean, Iowa State just got – they just got flat out beat, which was. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think that this was as much of an upset as it. The rankings made it look like everything. Like Louisiana has become like a very, very solid team. Yes, yeah. yes, um, you're you're right about that. They have big offensive so, line too. Yeah, they're just. I think they're just like a. I think in a normal year they'd just be like a top fifty team, like in the country. And sure. so, I think Iowa State went down and uh, justice was done. <laughs> Uh, that, that's probably true. Iowa State was ranked. I think maybe we're high on Iowa State because every year Iowa State maybe exceeds expectations. So it's like, oh, maybe they're better than we think. Matt Campbell's a really good coach. I think all those things can be true. They just did not look like the better team, and they lost because of it. So that's odd. Yeah, Louisiana, uh, uh, multiple special teams touchdowns. So They did. They did. That they did. Yeah. You, lo- yeah. you love to see it. You love Most- to see it. I think they turned the ball over a couple times too, but it was just like, you know, a, a classic, you're not going to win the game if you give up, you know, 14 points on just kick returns yeah. like that. So. Yeah, and they outscored Iowa State 21 we love our new home. in the There's so much half, space. So, but we have. Uh, that most coaches will tell you that. Yeah, most coaches will tell you that's not great. You don't want to You don't want to go down 21 points in one half. Uh, All right. Matt Campbell – how how are we feeling about him as a coaching prospect? Old, oh, I still feel skinny-looking Andrew Luck fella. <laughs> I still feel good about him. I think he's one of those guys that's like would be in line for <clears throat> a middle third to upper third Big Ten type job. Um, if it came available, I don't know if he would want to take it because he currently has a middle third Big Twelve job. But I mean, I don't know that you would go like. Like if uh, Michigan State came available, I feel like Matt Campbell's your next Michigan State head coach. Yeah, but would <laughs> I mean like? Do we feel like they they could do better than Michigan or than Matt Campbell at this point? Because I feel like they could. Interesting. I don't. Okay. What makes you think that? Because just because I think Campbell's stock is falling that much. Uh, just after this loss. Well, this loss, but the underperformance of last year as well. Okay. Kind of yeah, takes I mean, a shine off Maybe. Of... How did they come into this season ranked 23rd if they underperformed last year? Because there's two fifths of the Power Five <laughs> not eligible for well, the no, that was. Oh, well, we have a lot of, of, of Pac-12 teams that are going to be ranked ahead of them? Um, potentially. Well, the, the, for the first poll, it didn't matter. It was everybody. I thought yeah, they redid them. No, they're redoing it this week. They read they, the ones that came out this week are just the ones that are playing football. Well, as a college football media member with a vote in both polls, I was not notified of this. So yeah, you got gotcha. you got your SIP is dropping the ball. That's yeah, terrible must, work. You gotta listen to more sports radio. Um, That's awful stuff. You know, I've mul- multiple times <laughs> in yeah. all aspects of life. Yeah, Jordan. I don't know. His stock maybe like has leveled off. I'll, I'll give you that. I I don't know <clears throat> that he. I mean, he gets bandied about for like jobs all the time. I don't know if that's actually realistic or if he, I mean, he coached at Toledo, I think before he came to Iowa state. Um, Iowa state's had some good coaches go through there. Right. 
Maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe not. Who is Seneca I mean, Wallace? Paul Rhodes got fired. That's the only reason Matt Campbell has a job. We have uh, Seneca Wallace. We had Sage Rosenfels. I mean, we had it. We had some QBs go through that program. Had back some corn-fed boys who could spin it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think he's still on the list of guys. I, I, he gets like weird NFL coach buzz too, which is strange. But I don't well, know. I remember he was in the toss with the Jets two years ago or whatever. So does like Kirk Ferentz, which is funny because he's maybe it's just Iowa. If you coach college football in Iowa, people are like, man, that guy. Oh, man. Really, Heartland really, football, sign me up. You can really coach him up, you know? Uh, also, there's a decent chance that Ferentz doesn't have any of those talks, and his agent is just the, the most out there agent uh, in the world. His and agent so, is, is out here. He's a real hustler. I wish Putting we, in that work. I'd love that for cut. his agent to be the Wheel Route Podcast agent, but. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, we'll move on to Kansas State at Arkansas. Not at Arkansas State was at Kansas State um, yeah. in the Little Apple. We had Gus Johnson on the call, I think, which was which was right. awesome. Uh, also worth before we get into the game that uh, this was by far the worst social distancing of the weekend. Yes, yes, the stands um, looked effectively like maybe half full for the lower bowl, and it was just like. And spread of people all throughout, like not not really extremely normal for a Kansas State yeah. game. Yes, it did. I mean, Florida State was pretty bad too. Were they? In I that regard, yeah. yes, they but, were pretty bad too. Um, but we'll get to that when we talk about yeah. the Nulls. We we can for sure talk about the Nulls. Uh, did you guys watch many of this? I, I watched actually none of it as it happened. I watched the whole game this morning um, on the condensed version. It was blast to what it you know especially in 24 minutes of just like football directly into your eyeballs. But um, Arkansas State, I think their, is their, their coach's name is Blake Anderson. Is that correct? Now, here's a guy. Here's a guy that's in line oh, to be right. the next Iowa State head coach. Mm-hmm. Matt Campbell moves on. You know this. Um, he, I think he's a Boise guy. I think they, they uh, locked him down. Um, <clears throat> they, they locked him down after. Yes, yes, after they ran through a bunch of coaches at Arkansas State there. But Arkansas State's been a good program. He's continued that. But they, like, they got a little bit of Boise, like, trick play energy in them. They ran a beautiful double pass in the first half for a touchdown. Um, they went down 21-7 in this game, sort of roared back, uh, played really well. I was impressed with Kansas State's offense, actually. they Their offense did not seem as, um, like, corn-fed as I remembered it being last year when they seemed to kind of uh, – line them up and want to run at them. Their coach is uh, – he was a, a North Dakota guy, Jason? Kansas State? Yeah. Yeah, it's Chris Kleeman. Chris, Chris Kleeman. North, North Dakota State. Not to be confused with Lance Leopold, right, who is like a – Not ever, guy. I hope. That would be – three guy that went to – he might be coaching like Buffalo or something now. Anyhow, side notes. But uh, did you guys watch it? Uh, I watched some highlights and – uh yeah there were there were fireworks both both directions but for sure from from what it looked like in the five minutes or so i saw uh arkansas state had the better plan and better execution just kind of they were the tighter crisper squad yes would agree so i i think kansas state gets to where they want to go eventually this is a tough lump to take home opener especially um but i think with kind of these like reduced capacity crowds maybe you're gonna see some more of this stuff where just like you know better coached better executing 
teams are going to pull a few more upsets this year because there's sure. not as big of a, a home field advantage in some of these uh, money games. Yeah, no, if Kansas State is uh, has a packed stadium and they're up 21-7 in the first half, maybe it's different. <clears throat> Excuse me. Maybe it's a different situation. Um, yeah, the place is rocking and loud, and uh, maybe Arkansas State is a little bit on their heels. But let's say they, they, they stuck with their plan and uh, dialed up some – fun plays uh yeah this was the game that gave me hope on the weekend there were some pretty pretty fugly football games um on the whole but i watched this one and i was like ah yes it's still out there we can we can get there eventually hopefully yeah. so i've got the uh i've got the profile of old mr coach guy blake anderson up yes. here. also shout out to blake anderson of workaholics yes man. not to be confused with the actor of the same name and that's why i was that's why i was uh that's why i was confused i was like blake anderson this sounds right but i right. don't know i know there's multiples no, no you had it so pretty pretty white guy name yeah so coach anderson is uh 51 years old born in jonesboro arkansas oh he played both quarterback and wide receiver in college first at baylor then at Sam Houston State, okay. uh, his coaching career, he has bounced around a few times since 1992. Eastern New Mexico, Howard Payne, Trinity Valley Community College, back to New Mexico in 99, Middle Tennessee in 02, Louisiana Lafayette 2007, Southern Miss 2008. UNC, uh, uh, 2012, 2013 guy. under Fedora, I believe, and then got the uh, Arkansas State job in 2014. Who so, was the Boise? I thought there was a Boise State, Arkansas State coach. I could be wrong, though. Not that I know of. Well, we'll put our research department on. My bad. So if he was going to get like a big job, do we have one regionally we would peg him for? Or just do we think he's a maverick who would maybe just take one? Is What is the situation at North Carolina? Is, uh, I is feel there a like they're grooming one of the guys already on Mac Brown's staff. Okay, okay. But didn't, I mean, didn't I think you're talking about try to do that at Texas and it didn't work out so well? Correct. Yeah, Will Muschamp went to go coach Florida. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happened. Which, damn, that sucks. You know, <laughs> I think I think you're talking about. <laughs> What's that, Jason? I think you're talking about Mike Houston's future job. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, UNC. For sure. I'd like to apologize. The guy who was I was thinking of was Brian Harson. Ah, uh, who was the who was the coach? Because from 2011 to 2013, Arkansas State went Hugh Freeze, Gus Malzahn. Brian Harson back to back wow. to back. And Brian Harson's at Boise State. Is now the Boise State head coach, yes. Okay. But he I think he was a Boise State like OC guy back in the day under under Peterson. Gotcha. And then moved on and then came back. Wow. Wow. All right. The yeah, cradle. you still got it. You still got it. Okay, yeah. Brian Harson was uh, the tight ends coach, and he was the OC QB's coach in 2010. Uh, he was the Texas co-OC, 11 and 12. Then he was Arkansas State's head coach. Then he was Boise State's head coach. Love it. 71 and 22 overall record. Good for him. Love to see it. Okay. So that all is to say that Kansas State lost to Arkansas State. Uh, yep. Um, I t- Tell me about this Kansas uh, – Coastal Carolina game 
because things got weird late oh, night. Oh, man. It was... Uh... So, Jason, did you see any of the first half? Because I turned it on, like, third quarter. I think it was 28-3, maybe. I think I turned it on right right before halftime and then switched off and then came back. Okay. Um, I'm pulling up the box. Yeah, it was now. just... It was just the weirdest. Um, Jeez, twenty-eight just, to three. They're just getting pounded. just delightful weirdness. Um, <laughs> late night. Um, yeah, it was just really funny. Like for whatever reason, I think you know. I think it's it's a combination of like the way that Fox does their cameras, and yeah. like Kansas has the super shiny turf, like the brand new field turf. Okay, and it was just it was like. You know when you accidentally put a sporting event on like the vivid color settings on your TV? Yes. Like that's what the whole thing looked like. And it was just weird football in all directions. It was a very weird aesthetic. Like I think Spencer tweeted out like, guys, I need you to to go look at what Kansas is doing to the game of football right now. Because it was like they'd spend entire series with like the the coastal D-line would just blow up the Kansas offensive line every single play. And like – I think when they called the touchdown to go up like 21 nothing or 28 uh, Mike picked up one of the guys in the end zone just saying, like, these boys can't play with us. Like, just, Gee. it was just a very weird talent disparity. And, like, it was just, the, it, it, yeah, it, it felt like, it felt like the, the weird 11 o'clock games that we're used to, except somehow weirder because it was on Fox. It's like Pac-12 after dark. Yeah, it was very, it had very Pac-12 after dark vibes, but on a Fox network. But Les Miles was involved. Yeah, and <laughs> right. Uh, went, went for two at random times. He started didn't make any like, math right away sense. when they. I think when they scored, so they kicked a field goal at the end of the first half to what? make you it twenty-eight-three. You love to right. see that. Also, they, okay. and that's when I started watching, uh, like early. Th- early third quarter they score a touchdown and go for two right away and yeah it, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense and i think it only again, made, it only made again spencer there, tweeted because... like and he's like you guys are asking me about the math of why kansas <laughs> is going for two let me remind you just look at who their coach is, <laughs> it, it will answer all so that, that wasn't the weirdest one because that one that one cut it to 17 instead of 18 sure so you then it's two touchdowns and a field goal, and you don't need a two-point conversion anywhere else. Um, but then the next one, because they, like, after that touchdown, they got a quick stop, and uh, this guy scored on, like, a 60-yard run or whatever. And then – so they were down 28-17, and then they went for two again. Mm-hmm. Try to cut it to nine. <laughs> and <laughs> – I love to. I love and, to beat. Uh, I want to. We want to win after a uh, on a field. It was like, one by one. It was textbook stuff because like the the announcers were carrying uh, Les Miles' daughter. They were like, "Well, this is him wanting his offensive quarter to know that he can do what he wants." It's just like that's not his job. That's not what he should be doing. <laughs> yeah, I so I think Brett McMurphy tweeted like I I, I think like uh, Les Miles knew he was in for a rebuild, but I don't know that he like maybe knew that he was in for like it being this bad, just getting trounced by Coastal Carolina. I, know, yeah. but, um, I guess it was 28-17 at one point. So, yeah, you know, and things, there was – after, after 28-17, like, it, it went back and forth a little bit. Cut it to uh, nine. <laughs> well, and, and Coastal Carolina got down 
and scored on a quarterback run, but that play was really close to being a fumble that got recovered oh, by Kansas no. in the end zone because the quarterback did the like extend and then bring the, the ball, ball the back yeah and oh, while he's parallel to the ground and he got checked in the back and the ball popped out but Oof. there wasn't a good angle that showed like ball like, line at he reached the- out right to the plane and then put back the same he was giving so the ball just stayed the plane like yeah. right it's very so weird if, so if yeah we had was, a better really angle close. on that corner it was very possible that kansas could have gotten the ball without yeah, going I, down 35 17 i think the I think the commentators talked about like well, and without having a camera on the goal line, and I was like, they should have a camera on the goal. Like, this is a Big Twelve team. Nope, they spent all like, the money one on thing, Kansas. It's a Fox it'd be game. one thing if they were like at Coastal, like if they were in Myrtle. Like, yeah, Coastal probably doesn't have an end zone camera for replays. I get it. They should, but they probably don't. Like, Kansas should have one. That's probably not great. You don't have one set up. Oh, so. Kansas also pulled off a beautiful onside kick there at the yes, end. Yes, they did. They like they did the teacup with two kickers and the guy, the kicker who kicked it ultimately recovered it, but they called the other kicker offsides and it was, it was a not great look for the refs. So the broadcasters repeatedly reminded us at home that the away team, it is, it is customary for the away team to get their conference officiate officials at at away games. So these are Sunbelt officials <laughs> officiating this game. They, that doesn't they, sound right. They drove that point home several times. Why is that customary? I don't, that doesn't sound right. That's what the announcers were saying. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't do it. This is not the Gus Johnson squad. Cause he had already ex- exhausted himself earlier yeah. in Manhattan. Yeah, but I, it I was a guy I recognized. I just don't remember his name. Okay. It wasn't it. Uh, no, it wasn't Tessator, was it? No, Tess, Tess was on the really exciting Clemson game. That's right. And or no, I think he was Georgia Tech. Baker Mayfield. Um, Baker but Mayfield. I don't deal with that side of things very often, but I'm pretty sure you usually get like a third party to ref the game. I, I could be wrong about that. I'll yeah, look it up for next episode, but they, they, I feel like they made several references of these are <laughs> Sunbelt officials. Sure. Very possible. So... Hate to see well, it for the Jayhawks. Yeah, for sure. For More sure. More importantly for less. Would have been great if they had, you know, recovered an onside kick and still lost by three. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Other Big 12 results. I don't think there was anything otherwise surprising. The Big 12, Oklahoma, Pants, whoever they played. Um, oh, I So <laughs> I would like to not to brag again, but I'm 2-0 on betting college football so far this year. Attaboy. Both bets I placed – we're within five minutes of seeing a tweet about roster issues due to COVID. So I feel a little slimy about it, but uh, <laughs> so the first was like that opening night, Austin P game. Uh, oh someone tweeted was... about a star receiver going to be ineligible. <laughs> the FCS kickoff game. You bet on the FCS. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Jordan. Man. So I, I took the, you know, the appropriate t- side in that one immediately before the line move. Uh, and then this Oklahoma-Missouri State game, uh, I think Pete Tamil uh, tweeted about Oklahoma was going to be without several key guys due to COVID and other stuff. So I got Missouri what State. What did you get as a number there? 
You won 48 to nothing. Oh, plus 51? I got plus 51. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. <laughs> and, then, and, and then three minutes after I placed it, it was down to 46 and a half already. Uh, wow. So got a little got a little fortunate there. I guess uh, always knows, boys. Yeah the other the other result that was uh, eye catching was Texas Tech only beat Houston Baptist by two. Yeah, uh, just to fill everybody in on who Houston Baptist is, um, they went Division One in 2013. They've been FCS ever since, and they have never won more than five games at the FCS level. What conference are they in? The Southland. Okay. <laughs> which I think is the conference that they dominate every year. Yeah. So it's a really bad, really bad FCS conference. And Houston oh. Baptist is pretty bad in that league. Yeah. On the heels of a, uh, man, they really had a good second half. It's a shame they couldn't pull it off. <laughs> what is Texas Tech got going on? Who's their coach? It's that Utah state guy, Matt Wells. Yeah. Or is he, is he back at Utah state? No, I think it's, I think it's that guy. Huh. I don't remember score. even a little bit. Let me very, yeah, it's, not Texas, it's a very Texas techie looking score. But though, is this his first or second year? This is his second year. Okay. Yeah. He went four and eight last year. This is just so weird. It's just so weird to look at these like these games. We have South Florida played Citadel. I mean, we have a random Campbell Georgia Southern game that really came down to the wire. Georgia Southern stormed back. Uh, Georgia Southern uh, playing Georgia without had- thirty three guys. Thirty three inactives. Impressive. Yeah, so Impressive performance by the Eagles. Inspiring. Whatever they are. Uh, all right. We'll keep it moving here. So, yeah, Big 12. All right. Let's move on to some ACC action. Let's talk about this Florida State game. So, friend of the podcast, Miles Brubacher, was texting me earlier in the week. Jordan's good. Great, Logan's been limbering for this one. He, he, had a, he had a grand scheme in which he thought Georgia Tech could cover. Um, and I got to hand it to him. It was pretty well thought out. He thought maybe Florida State would catch some early points, and then he would live bet the uh, adjusted line during the game. Love it. Just, uh, I mean, wow. Wow. This guy's Man, playing three. Yeah, Jordan, I mean, you guys got to talk. So. We got to link uh, <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, but screw that. I mean, Georgia Tech won the game. Well, they won the football game. So yeah. uh, it was as unwatchable as a football game can be. In, in which there are two like bona fide like one A like allegedly powerful teams that should be better than this. <laughs> I mean, Nor- this is Norvell's first game as Florida State coach. They um they came out and just absolutely zinged a drive, just rammed it right down Georgia Tech's throat. A lot of lot of pace. Like they ran the scripted plays as well as you could run the scripted plays, and then the wheels just completely came off the bus. Like drive two <laughs> almost they as had- if. They no only practiced the scripted plays yeah, in camp. Yeah, I feel – listen, the Florida State fan base is out for James Blackman's head. They they can't stand him. He's a quarterback. I'm going to say something that is troubling for James Blackman, Hive, but he he's Jeff Driscoll is who he is. He has a ton of physical skills. He's tall. He's got a big arm. He throws it really well. But this guy, he makes such bad decisions. He stares down receivers, and he throws just like unbelievably bad interceptions, just – the worst kind of back-breaking interceptions. And, like, I, I feel bad. Like, that sucks. He's, uh, you know, obviously, I mean, I'm going to get my – I'm going to get these jokes off. But, like, <laughs> that I've been there with the, the quarterback that you kind of have to roll out there because he probably is the best option. But you can't, like, scheme or coach around just the horrific gaff that's coming, you know. So, anyhow, 
that all to say had some of those in the past yes as well. yes yes mark verica comes to mind uh he, he was he knew Michael his way Marco. around a, he knew his way around a deep interception over the middle <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyhow blackman still does the things so that he shouldn't be he also does the things that he shouldn't be doing at this stage in his career having played for three years granted i think he's played for three maybe more different coaches at this point, which has to stunt your development a little bit as a, you know, whatever he was, three, four-star talented kid coming out of here. But he um, does the late throw over the middle, just tries to whip it across his body, which always looks like it's going to get picked off by some, like, unsuspecting free safety that's just, like, following up the play. It's just going to get drilled with this pass. But um, anyhow, Florida State was up 10 nothing at halftime. Georgia Tech, I think, missed two field goals in the first half. They were blocked. They, they were yeah they were blocked twice um they uh i think they had a drive deep into florida state territory and they fumbled and florida state recovered it like they did everything wrong there's also state, a weather delay in this game there was an hour and 51 minute weather delay for lightning um it was just weird strange vibes all around in this game but uh georgia tech kind of hung around and i mean we're scrappy enough uh their quarterback, who interestingly enough was a Florida State commit up until the coaching change, um, is a true freshman and played. Uh, Sims is his last name. Uh, was he looked? He looks like he's going to be a really good college quarterback. He's really fast. Does yeah. a lot of the uh, extending the play kind of things that you need to happen for maybe a an offense that's still trying to build some talent at skill positions. But uh, yeah, Georgia Tech. All they really need to do is put together a couple drives and they ended up making a field goal and putting a couple drives together and uh, they win the game 16 to 13. Florida State manages only three points in the second half. Yeah. I didn't catch all of it or most of it, but I like uh, Georgia tech, their roster seems to be much more athletic than it has been in the past. Like Florida state wasn't running circles around their guys uh, the way they may have. In it looked like they Paul overrun. Johnson. They made some good adjustments because I think I think you're you're probably right, but it appeared that Florida State's defense really had them bottled up in the first half. But I don't know the second half kind of got a Florida State probably had to play defense too much because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't move the ball because they only scored three points. Right. So yeah, good for uh, old Mister Coach Waffle House down there. Yeah, Jeff Collins. Yeah, our guy. That's my guy, Jeff Collins. The former gang. swag, the, the the proprietor of the swag chalice. Oh, that's right. Former former Florida DC is all over just getting that money. Dan Quinn taking L's as the Atlanta Falcons head coach. Uh, Jeff Collins also in Atlanta <laughs> coaching college football. This is good. Um, Jason, did you watch any of this? I don't blame you if you didn't. It was not. Yeah, I watched the last quarter, and it, yeah, I mean, I mean, it was, was exciting. Had that... exciting game, but. Yeah, it was a fun fourth quarter. I was glad I watched it. I mean, Georgia Tech had it humming a little bit. I, yeah. Yeah, Florida State did not look more talented than Georgia Tech, which should be concerning for Florida State. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, – oh, Florida uh, Georgia Tech threw two interceptions. I think Asante Samuel Jr., which is crazy to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had two interceptions. In right. And, uh, yeah, Frank Gore's got a kid that's playing college football right now. Frank Gore Jr. Correct. at Southern Miss, I believe, which is wild. Frank Gore's still in the NFL. Shout out to him. Yes, but, he is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say because, like, I think Florida State fans were maybe cautiously optimistic that things were going to improve with maybe at least a more organized uh, coach and cohesive game plan and stuff. And, and they I may mean, still. This is, they may still. This is week week 
zero slash one. I mean, it, it it'll be interesting to see, but this definitely has a high potential to be like another lost season for Florida state football. The, the, their fans do not take that stuff very well. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, they've been very salty since the way Jimbo Fisher left the program. They took a big swing at a coach. I say this all as a Florida fan that did exactly the same thing and I, we've had to ride it out. All right. So it's like, I don't know who Florida state brings back to the fold that wants to be the Florida state head coach. Cause I think that there's some sort of political and maybe institutional barriers to like really bringing in a guy that's going to make eight or $9 million a year to be the coach of Florida state. Uh, but I don't, I don't know how this goes. He's also not, Blake Anderson, maybe. <laughs> there you go. Maybe. Um, he's hasn't recruited that well uh, in his short time as the coach. Like, I mean, I just don't think things have been really, like, going that well, which is, again, to be expected uh, at some standpoint. But, you know, Florida State used to kind of be able to, like, rely on, like, they have always a, a very, like, Brand talented, yeah, a talented roster and usually have really, really good skill players and could kind of, you know, fit it together and, if that starts to diminish it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of comes of that program for a little while. I listen, I like Norvell. He was on my list of guys. I wanted to be my coach. So like, I don't want to just like make fun of Florida state for hiring the guy <clears throat> just yet. But, but, but he, uh, but I will get these. Jokes that was really, I mean, that's really disappointing. Cause like you got to remember Georgia tech was running an Amish offense two years ago. They're one year removed from like completely overhauling everything their football program had done for the better part of a decade plus. Um, running like a, you know a military academy style offense and uh you know they were kind of able to stick with a team that from star power well, was, a lot more talented yeah, there was them. multiple comments i think during the game where the commentators were like this guy got recruited to georgia tech as a wide receiver and now he's their you know weak side linebacker and so sure. i'm creative as hell yeah exactly so um the coastal just keeps getting crazier, guys. That's that's what we gather. How many times have we said it? How many times have that. we said it? Uh, I saw North Carolina took care of business after I talked a bunch of trash about how they looked terrible in the first half uh, against Syracuse. They, I guess, put put it on Syracuse pretty good in the second half. A little disappointing out of Syracuse. I mean, I know I know Babers is a guy that gets like some buzz maybe for some other jobs, but that that has to be we we got to be stopping that, having that. They they were dealing with. A being outside and B elements outside. So I I don't fault Dino for this. Just I'm get Dino on enough. some turf. Get Dino to you know Baylor when uh, when whoever has that job ultimately fails. Or uh, Aranda, you, you're telling me Dave Aranda is going to fail as yeah. the Baylor head coach. Well, I think he's going to well, fail I think... upwards. I think he's going to I think he's going to take an NFL DC job once he. Yeah hates recruiting i think okay. dino it's a lot the of guy based on two years at lsu for the last three years <laughs> hates recruiting well i mean you don't we don't know how much recruiting aranda did like robert and i does zero recruiting he just draws on a whiteboard and takes naps and all the like positions <laughs> he's he's super super old i think um i think uh anyhow yeah maybe we can we can we'll you get, get the picture <laughs> i know what you're saying <laughs> It's an interesting. Not scenario. all coordinators recruit, is what I'm trying to say. Right, but I mean, Baber, like, what has Babers done to deserve that job, which is a probably a better job than the Syracuse job? I'm not saying he deserves it. I'm just saying, like, get him on turf. Other than being a former Baylor assistant. Yeah. 
I mean, making my argument for me. Like, I mean, sometimes that's all it takes. It just if we're going to talk about how the stock is down on Matt Campbell because his, you know, he lost one game at the beginning of the COVID year, then we, we should we should maybe wonder why Dino Babers' teams haven't been better the past couple of years because they because they play Clemson every year. They beat Clemson two years ago. Okay, that's why he deserves the Baylor job. Then. Yeah, then they, they can lose, beat top they, teams. I can spin right. this any way I want. You know, consistency is as important. This is as the internet top-notch performance. Um, but yeah, North Carolina. I didn't watch all of it. They looked sloppy in the first half, just kind of out of rhythm. Um, I think Howell looked a lot better in the second half. They did the thing after the game. They're like, "Oh, the coach." Mac Brown is going to love to sit Sam Howell down and go over the film. There is so much good film in this game to go over. And, and, and Mac Brown did a great job of just being like, well, you know, I think we just, everyone told us how good we were the whole off season. This has been a, this has been a, it was a really great opportunity to, to get out there and realize maybe we're not as good as we think we are. We need to just get in there and work hard. And I was like, Oh, you're, I just love We just need to get back on, on the boat, on the lake and practice throwing the Alabama rig again. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Run the Alabama rig, please. But anyhow, he's he's delightful. Uh and I'm glad he's I'm glad he's still around given sound bites post game. Um so, But yeah, they they really I, I just I guess um disappointed in Syracuse. Oh, I was mad at Tommy DeVito in the first half. He had receivers running so <laughs> wide open, which speaks to Dino Baber's play design, Jordan. So maybe you're onto something here. But DeVito could not hit a ball in the a handful of rocks i mean i don't know what is going on there it's just like air it out son put it on one guy do it for me one time here so it's uh it's tough you hate to see that it's a tough scene devito has been getting a lot of pt the past couple of years too ever since our our sweet fallen prince uh eric dungy <laughs> went down it was a favorite on the pod oh for a while. one love that guy actually sp- has spanned Eric Dungey spanned like his entire career has been spanned multitudes run of the wheelhouse wheel route podcast. What's he up to, Jason? See what Eric Dungey's up to, please. I'm gonna guess he works for Northwestern Mutual or something. <laughs> I'm gonna guess he's a coach. Uh, he seems like a coach type or a GA at South he's Alabama. Like a, a tight ends coach at like uh, VMI. <laughs> I think it's spelled D U N G E Y, maybe. All right, we we did I'll mention this. But the big hitters did take care of business. Oklahoma, um, although they didn't cover, did win. Uh, Boy, Spencer Spencer Rattler, that arm is litty. Yeah, yeah. Again, Oklahoma just they just get these guys. I mean, first of all, they get guys wide open, but they just get QBs that just just air it out. I mean, good for them. I mean, the the two throws that I saw because this game inexplicably was on pay per view. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's like a fifty-one dollar pay-per-view. Oh, get out of against here! Missouri State. Um, it was the same deal as that one last year, whatever it was. That, like it was Army, had, like, right? Three yeah, Army the game. Yeah, that Army yeah. almost won or should have won. Yeah, yeah should have won. Uh, but the two throws I saw, the one deep ball touchdown, and then there was like uh, out to the sideline that it ended up being a touchdown. They looked yeah. so effortless. Just like he wasn't. He wasn't uh, extending himself or stressing himself out. It was just like a clean, yeah. fluid, flick the wrist motion. There like, was weird buzz he last looks, year. Honestly, as a passer, he looks more polished than Trevor Lawrence does. I'll say it. Love it. Love Ooh. it. He looks. Not gonna um, tell you wrong. I, there was weird buzz last year that he was maybe pressing Hurts like 
the whole I, the yeah, entirety of it. the entirety of camp, um, which is pretty impressive. So, when is someone gonna? Can we get maybe an NFL team to hire Lincoln Riley? Get him, get him out, get him out of here. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, somehow he hasn't won a national championship, which I guess is like Alabama and Clemson's fault. But he well, it and just also they don't really play great defense out out yeah. there traditionally. True, that, which is weird because Oklahoma usually has like a DB, a linebacker, and a lineman get drafted like every yeah. year. It's like, why? Also, this is only his fourth year. Let's keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah, dude, he's had like four straight Heisman winners on um, like tra- yeah. grad transfer QBs. I mean, he's like the so our generation that came up playing the NCAA video game. And just like gets his guy the Heisman and scores sixty a game, he does and just kind of like auto sims when he's on defense. Oh, no, like, I just want to call. Oh, yeah. no, that's that's why we love Lincoln so much. That's so well put. That's that's tremendous. Thank you. But yeah, he, he yeah. Uh, to circle back, Eric Dungey was with the Dallas Renegades of the XFL, but in the oh. Well, the Rock's bringing it back. Let's try and make a LinkedIn connection. Get him on the pod, <laughs> Eric. Greetings, welcome, Eric. Uh, would you would you like to hear two people update you on the weather in Harrisburg? <laughs> Boy, do we have a business opportunity for you? George, you can meet Jason at his house and sit six feet away from him and wear a mask, and he will give you one golden lager he dug out of the trunk of his car. Yeah, we'll even he... buy it in your bud splitter and an extra pair of e We'll get Logan and Emily to send us one of the three. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazon, a few spares, Emily was so. making the most bizarre Amazon order last night. She's like, okay, so I have a rain jacket, uh, the earbud splitter. Um, and I was just like, what are we, what are we doing? She's here? getting like a posture enhancer or something. Yeah, her like, like figure eight things she wants to wear on her shoulders to like help her shoulders out, which <laughs> wouldn't be that actually bad of a thing to be doing. I'll sit here slumped over at my desk. But, uh, all right. Uh, oh, Notre Dame-Duke was a game that happened. Also, not a whole ton of confidence inspired uh, really by either team, but uh, Notre Dame, it was it was sort of hard fought. They, they, I think, probably were definitively the better team, albeit the score was not uh, that big of a gap. But did you guys have any takes on this game? It was kind of boring, I thought. I mean, the funniest part of the whole game had nothing to do with the game on the field, which was when they announced Brian Kelly's contract extension. Yes. <laughs> whilst getting blanked by Duke, losing three to nothing to Duke halfway through the yeah. first quarter. It was delightful. Uh, I guess the takes I have one. This isn't uh, unique to this season or this Notre Dame team, but I hate that my like. So I get my TV through Hulu TV. But it doesn't include the li- uh, the local NBC affiliate in the channel lineup, so I have to mm-hmm. use it an entirely different app on the Roku, the NBC Sports app, to watch a NBC. Notre Dame game. So I can't flip through channels. So I'm either kind of like just relegated to the Notre Dame game, or I pull it up on the phone. Um, so I just want to get that off my chest and really express the trauma I've experienced already in week one for you, the listener. Um, the second, I think it was pretty clear that, especially in the second half, Notre Dame's just way bigger and stronger, especially up front than Duke is, and probably will be the case for most of the teams they play this year. Um, so I think it would behoove them to – kind of forget about trying to win with style points and like 
spreading the ball out to the outside early in games. Like, I think that's kind of what let Duke stay in it. Um, if they would have just rammed the ball down Duke's throat starting from snap one, I think it would have been a more convincing victory. But, uh, yeah, I it's going to be weird seeing it Notre Dame playing in the ACC, likely playing Clemson in the ACC title game. Uh, yeah. But it also presents the opportunity to to really just for them to make a mess of things take the ACC initiation like a champ, lose three inexplicable games, and really uh-huh. endear themselves to some fans. Surrender themselves to ACC mediocrity, which right. is Welcome to the done. Coastal, brother. So I think Spencer got out that they came really close to the most ACC score ever of 24-14, so yeah. <laughs> they're ready. Well, and it's also kind of strange that this year, like, the ACC isn't doing Coastal and Atlantic for football. They're, We're they just going to do the two top it. records, uh, yeah. which I, I mean, I kind of think wouldn't be a bad idea moving forward. But it also, there's also there there are pros and cons to it. We can talk about that later. Yeah, that's a lot of things. Uh, cool. All right. Well. What do we? Oh God, we still have a Big Twelve preview. To do. What do you want to do? You want to do a brief, brief Big Twelve yeah, preview? Yeah, just do rapid fire, like Run simple. Can you name all ten or eleven teams in the Big Twelve? Who's it? Oklahoma, Oklahoma Texas. State, right. Texas Oklahoma Baylor, State. Texas Tech, Kansas State, Kansas. Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, Nebraska. Not Nebraska. Not Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Where are we at seven? <laughs> Seven or eight. Yeah, yeah we're, I think we're at seven. So West you're missing Virginia. Some, uh, yes. There you go. Uh, Texas Tech. No, we already did them. There's another Damn Texas it. school. And it's not Texas. There's at least two more Texas schools. Oh, TCU. Yeah. <sighs> Close by. Dave Aranda. I said Baylor. Oh, yeah. All right. So that I think that's ten. Is that is that considered in the Big Twelve? I think I don't think there's any more. All right. Well done. So, of those ten, <laughs> what do we? Uh, of those nine, who's going to challenge Oklahoma? I will say the big the big push this year is like this is Texas's year. Sam Ellinger is back. Their defense is better than ever. Their skill players are great. Like Texas, if not now, when on Texas and sure. I, I could get behind that. They are number six. Texas is number six in the SP Plus rankings. Uh, Oklahoma's four. I that seems high for I mean, Texas. I guess Texas is the likely. It's SP Plus, so it's based on candidate. Something. Um, I mean they've they've beat Oklahoma mm-hmm. once in the last two years, right? And they've uh, they were damn close last year. I mean that game is always super fun, but Texas more so than Oklahoma loses like one or two other games for no reason yes and that like is the mark of a team that's not as good as say oklahoma that just mows down everybody you know (laughs) for the rest of the season for the most part um you know outside of outside of that i don't you know jason will probably think that tcu is a dark horse you know big 12 championship game type team I, don't I mean, think, always my Big 12 championship is like yeah. Texas TCU or something. So. I think uh, SMU Texas will play the, in the Big 12 championship game. So. Um, <laughs> I mean, TCU. Uh, but 
yeah, I mean, like we probably have an Oklahoma quarterback situation that is going to be a, a Heisman type type guy, Spencer Rattler. Get excited, Spencer Rattler. Um, interesting. It's just such an outstanding Big Twelve quarterback yeah. name. Like, yeah. so perfect. Yeah. Um, kind of an interesting looking guy. He looks sort of like he's got like some. Does he have like some like Blake Griff, Blake Griffin type vibes? Another Oklahoma great. Anyhow, I just I recall yeah, seeing. I know what you're talking about. Like, oh, interesting. Um, trying to think what else. So I mean, <sighs> hot seat. Are we? Is are we putting old Coach Herman on the hot seat? I mean, if the season goes really bad, yes, but that's just because it can go yeah. from not. I don't think he is on the hot seat. I don't think Texas would be in the mood to do a coaching search like after a season that would be as weird as this. After I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think three and I don't seven. think going like eight and two gets him in a lot of trouble. Sure, but I mean, he is certainly doing the thing in which. Pre hot the pre hot seat thing, which shuffling of coordinators, um, he's been you know pretty okay with doing that. I think throughout his tenure at Texas, actually, but I don't believe that Todd Orlando is coaching defense over there anymore, is he? I'll check that real quick. <laughs> I, th- I think I, I think we I think Todd Orlando came to a Todd Orlando's a USC. There you go. High volatility defense out there. Oh, that's not, right. Not playing this year. Yeah. Speaking of USC, since we're not going to be doing a preview on them anytime soon, um, yeah. is Clay Helton secretly rooting for them not to play this year just just, so he can hang on? Richard roll the balls out again. Somehow he's hung on again. All those over bets for 2020 can cash. I don't think he's. I don't think he's driving the boat to get back on the field. Yeah, I mean, because like I, I was thinking about because uh, UVA's old D line coach went out to USC. Before all this started, Vic Soto. Soto. Yeah, and I remember thinking, like, man, that's kind of a like a risky decision. Like, you got to feel pretty confident that things are going to go well enough, yeah. or you're going to do a good enough job to get retained by whoever they hire to bring in and take Helton's spot. But uh, or you just wanted to get back to the West Coast really bad, right? Which is also a possibility. But yeah. Uh, anyhow. I, I welcome opportunities to joke about Clay Helton is what I'm getting at. Certainly. <laughs> Certainly. So looking through the SP plus rankings here, we do have Oklahoma, Texas in the top 10. The next team on the list is Oklahoma state all the way down at 17. Then we got Baylor at 19. So those are probably your consensus top four. We, we have Iowa state at 27 and this is 27 after with their 0 and one start. So this is Interesting. new SP plus rankings. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I think those are your those are your likely candidates there. Um, Kansas is such a mess. Well, it'll be really interesting to see if uh, Les can get that thing off the ground. He must really love money. Really love, love, the, love the game. Money. <laughs> yeah. Also that. But I'm sure he was getting paid fine by ESPN when they would just roll him out there, just cut it to him, and he'd be like, "Wow, football." Control the line of scrimmage. Right. West Virginia's at 33, Jason. You excited about the Mountaineers this year? Sure, yeah. I don't know anything about them. Oh. I know they little... suspended, what, like 10 or 11 guys for their opener? Yeah, they had a calling. They did. That's big big Georgia energy there. Big Love discipline energy. 
I can't wait for the uh, news drop before the first Florida game with like 11 players that did not make oh, it's coming. disciplinary reasons, which is totally coming. But... And it will not be more than 20 minutes before the game. Have I told you that I'm wor- really worried about Florida's opener against Ole Miss with that freaking quarterback, whatever his name is, Plumley? that is just like a crazy, a crazy oh, ass. Plumley, like, Yeah, just running around everywhere super fast. <laughs> John Reese. Like, yeah, it's a noon. It's a noon Eastern kick in Oxford, oh, Mississippi. Oh, oh, Louise. This has like uh, seventeen to sixteen crushing defeat written all over it. Like what happened? And uh, yeah, and then we can we can start clamoring for Emory Jones. This has been a good Big Twelve preview, I must say. We've talked yeah. about uh, talked obviously about four the other conferences, USC's D line coach situation, and uh, <laughs> Logan's personal issues that he has, his personal insecurity <laughs> about Florida football. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think the big story to watch is if Texas makes the jump from a hot seat standpoint. I can't really think of anybody who would be on the hot seat uh, in that conference, right? You know, this year. Uh, Matt yeah. Campbell. Everybody's like in their second year or their 30th year. Yeah, yeah, and the, Logan, like you said, I do think kind of industry-wide, it'll be interesting to see how trigger-happy yeah. schools are with cutting guys loose after such a yeah. weird Because you got to pay. you got to pay to let a guy go, usually, and the staff. Well, it's, it's at least as much financial as it is reasonable. Yeah. Right. Not going to be right. a lot of money for buyouts after this year. Are we all in on Oklahoma to win the conference again, probably? Yes. Yeah, I feel like it'll take a pretty solid upset. Yeah. Even even Texas doing it would be a decent upset. Everybody else would be a pretty shocker. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I mean, listen. A pretty I, I shocker. That's I what I said. A pretty shocker. <laughs> God. Pretty shocking. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, people are really into Sam Ellinger, the quarterback. I got to say, like, I have never really, uh, never really thought that he was, like uh, – who is going to win you a game like i thought he was fine yeah yeah he he fits into that kind of system that those urban meyer tree guys like to run where you have a big battering ram quarterback that sort of knows there what seems, to do throws it there well. seems to be a lot of people that want to be tebow and yeah and he seems like a, a pretty good approximation of at least that from uh you know Complexion. Yeah, I mean, being uh, being a poor man's Tim Tebow is still being a pretty good football player, but sure, yes, no, I mean, but, like the idea that like he made an announcement that he was coming back, like where, where the yeah. hell was he going? <laughs> was he going? <laughs> was he going, was he going was that, yeah, he's gonna go play H back for the Jets. Like, I mean, that's cool, but you know that that's yeah, he could that play was... pro- probably play QB for the Jets the way they're going right now. <laughs> Jeez, you're right. They got stole by the Bills today. Oof, stole on. Oof hate to see it but yeah i think like like we said like texas is very capable of beating oklahoma but them winning that conference requires them not farting their pants multiple times after <laughs> right. or and or before that yeah because they've beaten oklahoma recently and, and been unable yeah. to do it so it's not out of the realm of possibility it would be interesting to see an oklahoma texas rematch in the championship game have we gotten that recently did we get that last year maybe i feel like we did Last year's college football season was 12 years ago, so I don't really remember. Yeah, what, what, what I had my happened? learner's permit. It was super fun times. Yeah. yeah. Time Burrow, is awesome. run for like a 23-yard touchdown today, and I was like, wow. What oh, is it was such fun. a veteran run, too. Like, he oh, waited, waited for his blocker to set up in front of him. Yeah. Oh. He's caked. Back, back to the before time. 
because he's 27 years old, Jordan. He is a veteran. The football IQ is out of this world. <laughs> That's the, the the dirty secret on Joe Burrow is that he's he's yeah. Danny Almonte. Super old Danny Almonte. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man, there's a whole generation of kids that just don't get Daniel Monte references, Gosh. and that's a shame. It kills me. It was such a perfect like a snapshot in time of Daniel Monte. Phenomenon, Daniel Monte, <laughs> just dealing out here. Oh, throwing gas. He was he was like a cultural icon for our generation. He really was. Because <laughs> that was right around the age where like I could have been going to the Little League World Series, except right. I played in Harrisonburg, so that wasn't yeah. ever going to happen. But you could have made it. He's like, this guy's my peer. Oh no, he's not. He's actually sixteen and a half. <laughs> like uh. <laughs> a full generation above me. Right. right. Jason, have you seen um, Screwball yet? Uh, no, I need to. Put it on the list, brother. Put it on the I got list. I got distracted by Chef's Table Barbecue. I understand. Understandable. I'm saving that. Saving Oof, it both. for a tropical stormy weekend. Yeah. Okay. So good. And I everything it. looks so incredible. Yes. That's what I've heard. Just non. It's just a, It's basically pornography at this point. So. No, it's 100% food porn, start to finish. I'm glad it's to hear feel that good. It's good. Good stories and interviews thrown in, but just yeah. food porn. Like I've said, I'm glad to hear that it's good. I think it speaks to like maybe the people who are in the barbecue scene are a little less douchey. Although you, a little you more get, down home. Yeah, although you do get some. If you know where to look. Some particular folks out there that have opinions, which is fine. Everyone, everyone's going to do that, but. uh it's really hard to make, like, I mean, we've talked about this, is that part of the problem with Chef's Table is that it's so far up its own that it's just like, yeah. well, it's like so, well, it was really important. He got his Michelin star and it meant nothing to him. So we went to the wilderness of Finland and really got in touch. Like, get out of here. Just make, show he me what they make. Every morning he wakes up and harvests his own watercress from his Right. I'm just, like, yeah, I don't care. And so, like, it's really nice. Like, the first barbecue episode is about, uh, what's her name, at um, yeah. Shaw's in Texas. And it's really hard to... Be really pretentious when you're talking about an 85-year-old lady being the pit master for 50 years. Man, just mopping in pits. Mm-hmm. Tootsie. That's her name, Tootsie. That's She's right. a badass. She is. There's a Yeti She's pre- always welcome on the pod. I think there's a Yeti Presents about her. That's really good, too. That's what I was talking about. It's a condensed, uh, a condensed version of the Chef's Table episode, I'm sure. But All yeah. right. I think we're done here. So, yes, we, we talked about barbecue, so I think that wraps up the Big 12 Um preview pretty pretty well there yes uh, look out for texas we'll see if they're any good i think it's going to come down to their defense really being impressive um i think they should be fine on offense ellinger and that team seems to score enough points it's the big 12 everyone scores points but we'll see how it goes um all right you guys got anything else before we hang up we will be back with picks for next weekend and uh a little hopefully more well-defined acc sec preview talk next week Conferences of champions, as as they're known, colloquially. Easy for me to say. So people are people are saying the conferences of champions. That's Many right. people have said this. People have said this. All good. All right. Thank you for joining us. This is the Wheel Route Podcast. Find us on the internet at the Wheel Route on Twitter at www.thewheelroute.com. Emails wheelroutepodcast@gmail.com. We're on your favorite podcast acquisition service. Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes.